Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Haley Enton, and I am a chemistry student at UNC Asheville. This podcast will detail the benefits and background behind MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. MDMA, or 3,4-methylene-deoxymethamphetamine, has recently shown to be a promising drug for treating individuals with chronic post-traumatic stress disorder when used as an adjunct to psychotherapy. When patients with PTSD participate in psychotherapy, they are required to engage in the memories and traumatic experiences that led to their condition. It is proposed that when MDMA is given to patients in a clinical setting, the drug can increase openness, feelings of empathy, pro-social behaviors, and can even strengthen patient-therapist relationships while conducting psychotherapy. In 2011, Michael C. Mithifer and his research group conducted the first placebo-controlled Phase II pilot study for MDMA-assisted psychotherapy, in which they used this innovative therapy to treat individuals with chronic PTSD. Mithifer conducted a follow-up study about three and a half years later using the same subjects to see if the MDMA-assisted psychotherapy had lasting effects. The two studies proved to be effective as patients had significantly reduced PTSD symptoms after the MDMA treatment, and these reduced symptoms seemed to be retained when they were evaluated in the follow-up study. The details and methods of Mithifer's studies will be explored later in this podcast. I'm currently here with Julia Fields, who graduated from UNC Greensboro with a degree in psychology and a minor focus in art for therapeutic purposes. Thanks for participating in the podcast, Julia. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. It's good to be here. Julia, what are your first impressions on this type of research in relation to the field of psychology? Well, I think it's really great. What I've seen from my experience is that a wide range of therapeutic methods need to be explored. This is mostly because every person is different and one treatment model isn't necessarily applicable to all types of people. That's one of the reasons why I focused on art therapy in college and I was getting my degree because it gives an alternative treatment method for individuals seeking therapy. It's an excellent point you bring up. It's been noted in the literature that people with chronic PTSD are often treatment resistant and many patients drop out of treatment altogether. In many cases, the memories associated with the experienced trauma are too overwhelming for patients to explore and focus on in therapy sessions. Psychotherapy and existing therapies require individuals with PTSD to face these memories head-on, making it difficult for these patients to continue with therapy treatment. It's definitely important that novel therapeutic techniques are researched for this condition. Right, and this isn't a minor psychological condition that we're talking about here. PTSD is typically a chronic illness, and it's characterized by high rates of suicide, self-harm, depression, anxiety, and even substance abuse and misuse with most people who have this condition. This is true, and MDMA could potentially reduce some of these symptoms if used in the appropriate clinical setting. So Haley, what can you tell us about the origins of this particular research? Well, to begin, the benefits of MDMA as a psychological treatment first appeared in the 1970s. However, in 1986, MDMA was classified as a Schedule I drug, making it difficult for researchers to get legal approval for using the drug in a scientific setting. This classification probably arose due to its abuse as a street drug and unregulated use in general. Yeah, I could definitely see how this type of psychotherapy could be controversial. How have the researchers been able to overcome this obstacle? It is definitely a topic of controversy, largely because MDMA is confused with the street drug ecstasy. 
However, clinical MDMA is a pure substance while ecstasy is often mixed or cut with other drugs. Some studies have portrayed the negative physiological and neurochemical effects produced from ecstasy and have argued that MDMA is not safe to use. However, as mentioned before, ecstasy is often impure and users of the drug typically abuse other drugs as well. Not to mention the fact that in a party setting, ecstasy abusers are often taking the drug in high doses, whereas clinical MDMA is administered in much smaller doses. Right. So any studies that were conducted on ecstasy abuse aren't applicable to clinical MDMA research. Exactly. But is MDMA safe? The safety of clinical MDMA has been evidenced in phase one clinical trials. Results of these trials show that MDMA increases blood pressure, body temperature, and pulse. However, these side effects were proven to be generally tolerable and safe in a clinical setting. So what class of drug does MDMA belong to, and can you tell us some of its positive effects? Well, it's classified as a psychoactive drug, and it's related to the amphetamine class. Therefore, it most often falls under the category of a psychostimulant. It has been known to produce some amphetamine-like stimulating effects, but the primary positive effects produced by the drug are feelings of euphoria, pro-social behaviors, self-confidence, and a sense of general well-being. Okay. Speaking of psychoactive drugs, I know that hallucinogens also fall in this category. MDMA can be considered a hallucinogen even though the visual effects are extremely minor in comparison. Why is MDMA a good choice for treating PTSD, but not necessarily other psychedelics? That's a good question. These drugs are sometimes grouped together because of their psychoactive classification. Also, MDMA's chemical structure is similar to that of mescaline, which is a potent hallucinogen. MDMA has some psychedelic effects, but as you mentioned, the psychedelic components of MDMA are much more mild and shorter acting when compared to classic hallucinogens like LSD. However, similar to traditional hallucinogens, MDMA can induce increased states of introspection and open-mindedness. MDMA allows individuals to achieve these altered states without having the altered perceptions of reality or cognitive disturbances produced from traditional hallucinogens. Because MDMA creates these feelings of increased reflective and receptive thoughts while still retaining a clear mind, it could be useful as a therapeutic tool. So the ability to achieve this introspective and open state of mind without a distorted perception of reality, that could potentially help patients with post-traumatic stress disorder to reflect on their past experiences with a new or different perspective. Exactly. You said that MDMA is much shorter acting than classic hallucinogens. How is MDMA metabolized and how long do its effects last? MDMA is taken orally and is readily absorbed through the gastrointestinal tract. The drug is then primarily metabolized by the hepatic cytochrome P45CYP2D6 enzyme. This enzyme metabolism of MDMA primarily occurs in the liver, however, cytochrome P45 enzymes are located in most tissues in the body. And after oral ingestion, onset of the drug typically occurs after 30 to 45 minutes. Effects peak at about 90 to 120 minutes after ingestion and are completely diminished three to six hours later. So basically, the whole experience can last between five and eight hours. All right, so can you tell us the mechanism of action for this drug? 
essentially, how is MDMA working in the brain? Right. So the main subjective effects produced by MDMA are a result of increased serotonin release in the brain. Serotonin, also known as 5-HT, is a neurotransmitter that is found abundantly throughout the brain and acts at neurons that are specific to serotonin. MDMA is an indirect serotonergic agonist, meaning that it indirectly produces increased signaling and functioning of serotonin. Neurons signal each other across a synapse, which is a space between the nerve terminal of a presynaptic neuron and the terminal of a postsynaptic neuron. MDMA induces presynaptic serotonin release at 5-HT1A and 5-HT1B receptors, which are receptors specific to serotonin signaling. Serotonin release at these receptors produces the primary effects of MDMA and results in decreased anxiety and depression, as well as an increased positive mood. And MDMA also interacts with the 5-HT reuptake transporter, which is a protein found on the presynaptic neuron and is responsible for taking serotonin neurotransmitters out of the synapse and up into the presynaptic cell. By interacting with this transporter, MDMA can move into the nerve terminal of the presynaptic cell and induce serotonin release. MDMA also increases activity at the 5-HT2A serotonergic receptor, which can result in changes in how an individual perceives certain situations. So these specific changes in perception can actually allow individuals to reflect on past experiences with new insights. MDMA also increases the release of dopamine and noradrenaline neurotransmitters, giving it some stimulating effects. These stimulating effects could potentially increase motivation in individuals when in a therapeutic setting. The drug also affects the alpha-2 adrenoceptor, resulting in a sense of relaxation. Wow, that's a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me try to summarize here and make sure we're all on the same page. MDMA, it increases serotonin levels and signaling in the brain, and that produces feelings of increased positive mood and reduces the feelings associated with anxiety and depression. This serotonergic agonism can also cause changes in how traditional situations are perceived, which allows the individual to reflect on past experiences in a whole new way. The stimulating effects produced by MDMA via increased dopamine and noradrenaline signaling could potentially increase motivation for patients. And then finally, the MDMA's effects on another receptor mentioned produces a sense of relaxation. Yeah, that's right. That's a very good summary, Julia. Additionally, MDMA increases levels of oxytocin, which is a neurohormone. Increased levels of oxytocin results from MDMA-induced serotonin release, potentially through activation of 5-HT1A receptors. The drug also increases levels of the neurohormones prolactin and cortisol. Would you say increasing levels of oxytocin produce any of MDMA's subjective effects? Yes, an elevation in oxytocin levels has been proposed to increase feelings of trust and empathy and increases accuracy in the perception of emotions. The amygdala is the fear center of the brain where negative stimuli are processed to produce a fear response. And oxytocin reduces amygdalar response to anxiety-producing stimuli. MDMA increases oxytocin levels in the brain, producing prosocial behaviors. So basically, when MDMA increases levels of oxytocin, it produces the feelings of trust, empathy, and prosocial behaviors. Right. 
These increased levels also reduce one's fear response to negative stimuli, which then reduces the associated anxiety. Correct. And those feelings and effects produced from MDMA reflect the drug's potential to be an effective aid in psychotherapy, especially for treating PTSD. Can you elaborate on this fear response and how it relates to PTSD? So individuals with PTSD have an imbalance between fear centers of the brain and areas that allow for logical reasoning and rationalization. This imbalance primarily occurs between the amygdala, which is the fear center, and the medial prefrontal cortex, which is the reasoning center. This imbalance of increased amygdala activity and decreased activity in the medial prefrontal cortex results in a decreased ability for extinction of conditioned fear responses. And what I mean by conditioned fear responses is fearful responses that occur when exposed to a negative stimuli. This negative stimuli is conditioned, so individuals have been exposed to the stimuli several times and elicit a fear response. Extinction of this fear response is difficult for individuals with PTSD. Essentially, when people who have PTSD are exposed to negative stimuli, the conditioned fear response is elicited without reasoning what the stimulus is or if their fear response is rational. Okay, so overcoming their conditioned fear response is crucial for successful treatment of PTSD because the traumatic experiences must be engaged during therapy sessions in order to improve the symptoms. Does MDMA help overcome these fear responses? It definitely has the potential to. MDMA has shown to improve fear extinction responses when individuals are exposed to negative stimuli. One study examined MDMA's effects on fear extinction in a group of healthy subjects with no psychological disorders. The results were that MDMA increased prefrontal cortex activation and decreased amygdala activity when the subjects were exposed to angry faces. The angry faces were used as the negative stimuli, and this is applicable to individuals with PTSD because they can have trouble accurately processing emotions. The study also completed a neuroimaging analysis of MDMA administration in the healthy subjects, and researchers found that there was a decrease of cerebral blood flow in the right amygdala and hippocampus. These changes in cerebral blood flow were directly tied with positive psychological effects. Additionally, increases in serotonin and noradrenalic signaling, a neurochemical response to MDMA, is important for fear extinction learning across species. As previously stated, MDMA elevates levels of oxytocin, and oxytocin plays a role in reduced amygdala activity that is associated with fear. Well, the background information clearly validates the reasoning behind Methifer's study on MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. How exactly was this study carried out? Right, so Methifer and his research group conducted the first study in 2011. This study was the first placebo-controlled phase 2 pilot study using MDMA-assisted psychotherapy for treating individuals with PTSD. Subjects were required to have chronic, treatment-resistant PTSD, and they also had to taper off and sustain from taking any prescribed medications while the study was carried out. Prior to the actual experimental sessions, the subjects took various PTSD-related tests. This included diagnostic and physiological tests. One of the tests given was a CAPS assessment, which is widely used and quantifies PTSD symptoms. 
Having a CAP score greater than or equal to 50 meets DSM criteria for having chronic PTSD with treatment-resistant symptoms. And for those of you who don't know, the DSM diagnostic criteria is outlined and designed by the American Psychiatric Association. So, Haley, what happened after all the preliminary tests? So after completing the tests, subjects in Mythifer's study were organized in a randomized and blind fashion, meaning the subjects did not know whether they would be receiving MDMA-assisted psychotherapy or a placebo. Twelve patients received the MDMA-assisted psychotherapy, while eight received the placebo psychotherapy. Subjects for both MDMA and placebo groups underwent an initial eight-hour psychotherapy session, followed by CAPS and other test analyses four days after the initial session. Another eight-hour psychotherapy session was conducted for both groups, and the same tests were given again. After the second experimental session, the research group and subjects waited two months before further testing was completed. And after the two-month waiting period, neuropsychological measures were quantified again, and the blind was broken, meaning that it was revealed to the subjects which kind of psychotherapy they received. Placebo patients who did not receive MDMA-assisted therapy were offered the opportunity to do so. Interesting. So all testing and therapeutic measures were carried out the same way for both groups, but one group received MDMA before psychotherapy sessions, while the other did not. Correct. Okay, I can't wait to hear the results. Well, Julia, I'll tell you about them. The average CAP scores prior to experimental sessions were 79.6 for the placebo group and 79.2 for the MDMA group. These values indicate high symptoms of PTSD and decreasing CAP scores are correlated with successful treatment of PTSD. After the second psychotherapy session was conducted, the average CAP scores for the placebo group was 66.8, while the MDMA group had an average score of 29.3. Wow. Two months after the second experimental session, the placebo group had a score of 59.1, and the MDMA group had a score of 25.2. These CAP scores, as well as other tests that were quantified, proved significant benefits for MDMA-assisted psychotherapy when compared with the placebo psychotherapy. Additionally, following the second experimental session, 10 out of the 12 subjects in the MDMA group no longer met DSM criteria for diagnosis of PTSD. This study also measured the physiological side effects of MDMA treatment, and the research group found that few tolerable short-lived side effects occurred from the drug. Wow, that's great. The pilot study demonstrated that MDMA-assisted psychotherapy significantly improves chronic treatment-resistant PTSD, and it's even safe in the clinical setting. What were the results of the follow-up study? The follow-up study was conducted about three and a half years after the first study was completed, and 19 out of the 20 subjects from the pilot study went through the same type of testing that was completed in the first study. The follow-up study was conducted to determine the long-term effects of MDMA-assisted psychotherapy for treating PTSD. 14 out of 19 subjects, or 74%, had sustained reductions in their CAP scores, Additionally, this 74% self-reported long-term benefits from receiving the MDMA treatment based on a questionnaire distributed by the research group. Some of the reported benefits from the treatment were increased self-awareness, improved relationships, and an enhanced spiritual life. 
Wow, 74%. That's pretty significant. I'd say it's safe to conclude that MDMA-assisted psychotherapy has the potential for immediate as well as long-term benefits when treating PTSD. Maybe if the MDMA psychotherapy was completed more than twice, people suffering from PTSD would have an even greater reduction in their symptoms. I agree. I think this type of treatment could really be a novel and successful therapeutic tool. Before this type of treatment is approved for use outside of research settings, further phase 2 clinical trials need to be completed in order to obtain more information on the full and long-term benefits for treating PTSD. Mithifer and his research group have inspired numerous other studies related to MDMA-assisted psychotherapy in the fields of neuroscience and psychopharmacology. One study is even proposing that this type of treatment could ease and reduce social anxiety in autistic adults. Mithifer's research has shown that MDMA-assisted psychotherapy can overcome the treatment resistance seen in individuals with PTSD when compared with traditional treatment methodologies. I am interested to see what the future holds for implementing this new technique and hope that it can overcome the obstacles faced by patients with chronic PTSD. Yeah, absolutely. And Julia, I'd like to thank you for joining me on this podcast, and I hope that all listeners found the information presented significant and interesting. I think they will. Thank you very much, Haley.